0: Hey, thank you for joining us. I'm Ezra Perdonson, the pastor of the Way Ministry. It's the English ministry of Curitiba, Brazil. This is our podcast, and I hope that this builds up your faith and inspires you to become more like Jesus. Well, enjoy the message. All right, guys, we are in a series called Kings and Kingdoms. We're studying the book of Samuel. We studied Samuel until... The people said, hey, we want a king, right? We want a king. So we're tired of not having a king. We want to be just like the other nations. So we started the series Kings and Kingdoms. And, oh boy, last Sunday we, we, we saw Samuel anointing. He, start, he anointed the King Saul. And uh, he had... Three visions, three visions uh, that, that was showing that God was with, with him. See, God uh, could solve his problems. And we saw that God, through a, you know, a, a, a normal event or a weird event, the donkeys got lost. And somehow, God said, hey, just I'll solve that problem if you trust me, all right? And so God was showing to Saul that he was in control. And God also... Said, I can supply your needs. And the second one, he met the guys and they shared bread with him. And and this was God saying, Hey, I meet your needs. Don't be afraid. As a king, you will you will need to feed the people, you will need to feed the army. You will let let me do that. Right? Come to me with all you need. And the last thing, thing we saw last Sunday that God could provide him with power. By the Holy Spirit, not on his own, you know, he was a tall, strong, handsome guy, just like Meeks, but you know, a little taller. Uh, he, it wasn't on his power, on his might, his big muscles. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God said, hey, I'm going to give you this power, uh, all you need for the service. And so then comes on, they go to battle and... So, so much goes on. So let, let's continue on. How many of you um, are good at giving excuses? Huh? Yeah, we're all good at that. I mean, how many of you already gave some excuses coming here? Huh? Yes, I did right here in the front. Oh my goodness. And I said, I'm sorry, God. But excuses, man, we're so good at that. But that's the problem. Evangelist Billy Sunday, he he defines an excuse as the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Benjamin, Franklin he said, I never knew a man who was good at making excuses, who was also good at anything else. now you're like oh (laughs) oh no why did i lift up my hand excuses only make matters worse saul and the people rejected the kings of kings right they're giving excuses oh look everyone has a king we want a king why don't we so excuses they saul and the people rejoiced greatly over the deliverance of jabez um, the Ammonites and Saul was careful to give the glory to God on, verse, on chapter 11, right? We see that in chapter uh, 11, verse 13, Saul said, No one will be put to death today, for the, this day the Lord has rescued Israel. That was a good thing he did. He gave God the glory to that um, specific uh, day, An event. See, Samuel saw the victory as a great opportunity to renew the kingdom. So he came and he started preaching to them and remind the people that Jehovah God was still their king. You guys asked for a king. Here's your earthly king, but Jehovah God is still in charge. The fact is, it's it's uh, also uh, a Saul had also led the army to a great victory. That was true. And this would tempt the Israelites to put their faith on the new king instead of the old king, Jehovah God. Hey, this guy brought us victory. Yeah, it's working. So so Samuel wanted them to know that their future success rested and trusts in the Jehovah alone. Not on the earthly king, but on the godly king. And the king was only God's servant for the people. He was there just to serve. And both king and people had to obey God's covenant. So this was the uh, on chapter 11 uh, and 12. We see that Samuel, he defends his own ministry. He kind of defends himself what have i done i haven't stolen from you guys i haven't this and they're like yeah you're you were good you were good he reviewed god's mercy to israel so he started and he and banished the people to fear the lord and to obey the covenant that was his opportunity see this victory could take you away but i'm trying to put you back on the tracks Saul, uh, Samuel mentioned the Lord at least 30 times in that passage. At least 30 times. Because his heart's desire was to see the people return to the Lord. Return to the Lord and honor His covenant. Now, we jump to Samuel 13. So open your Bibles in Samuel 13, 1 Samuel 13. Saul's second crisis here came after he started to build a standing army. So every king has to have an army. Look at all the other kings. They have an army. So let's have a king and an army. So he started to build a standing army. And he failed in four ways in this crisis. So let's take a look at all the four ways that he failed. He failed to act decisively. Let's read verses 1 through 4. Saul was 30 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 42 years, Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him in uh, Makash and the, and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son, uh, Jonathan, to Geber in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. So Saul blew the, the ham's horn throughout the land saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up and revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had Destroyed the Philistines' garrison at Geba. And that the Philistines knew, now hated the Israelites more than ever. So, the entire Israelites' uh, army was uh, uh, summoned to join Saul at Gibel. So, here we, we have what? We have Jonathan attacking his son, making an attack, defeating the army. But then Saul comes and blows the horn, whoo, what a great victory. I, and then everyone kind of like understood that Saul defeated. This was Jonathan, not Saul, who declared war by attacking one of the Philistines. Saul took the credit. He took the credit and blew the trumpet. Now, how many times do we do that? Right? We steal God's glory in many, many ways. Many, many ways. You might be thinking, how do I steal God's glory? No, there's no way. In many ways, we do things. We ask God for a blessing, for a result, for something. And when that comes, what do we do? We say, oh, I'm so good. I did it. I passed the test. Oh, I got the promotion. Oh, Thank you to me. All those years studying, I did it. That's what he did, right? He stole the credit. I mean, he could have said, this is my son, man. That's my boy. Look how brave and courageous he is. Come on, give him a, yeah, woo that's my boy. But he did, he said, yo, that's me. I did all the hard work. I did this. He failed to act decisively. He failed to act decisively. He stole the credit. We do that so many, many times. We steal the credit. We don't give honor to those who uh, receive honor. We don't. We steal the credit. It was me. It was all me. It was me. We, We sometimes, and I could say many, many times, we do that with God too. God bless us in so many ways, and we forget to give thanks to God and, and, you know, give back the glory. We somehow, we we get the blessing, and we say, I did it. The second failure was he failed to inspire the people. Verses 5 through 7, the Philistines, they muster the mighty army of 3,000 chariots and 6,000 charities, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They, they camped at Mekash east of um, Beth, sorry I mess here, beth Avin. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy... They tried to hide in caves, uh, thicks, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilad. Some ran away. Some hid. Some left the country. They were so afraid. They were so afraid. See, um, some people do that, you remind me of, since we're here talking about the army, when I first uh, listed to the army, <clears throat> uh, there was a lot of my friends, they were afraid of going there. Oh no, I had my long hair. I had my long hair up to here. And then I had a lot of friends who had long hair, and you know, we were you know part of that. And then they were like buzzing their, they were cutting their hair because they were so afraid that they would, you know, spank them or hit them or somehow make fun of them. And I was like, no, I'm just going to tie it up and go. And, and so many guys, they do everything to get away from the army, right? I mean, uh, how many? No, no, no. Uh, but I was like, hey, I want to do this. I want to go there. Yes. And some guys, some friends, they're like, oh, no, man. I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to call this. this uh, somehow I'm going to do something to get away from the army. And I see these guys, man. I don't want to fight. Look these guys. They, there are so many. Let's run away. They were running away from the fight, from the battle. And Saul looked at that. And what did he do? Did he inspire the people? Did he came up and started, you know, with those speech? Like coaches, they go inside the, the locker room and they start that speech. And then the guys go out and they're like, they want to, you know, just kill everyone because they're so pumped up. They want to win that game? He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't inspire them. Those who were faithful were fearful, and the future looked very, very bleak. Now, Samuel had commanded uh, for Saul to wait for him. In the next um, verses, he says it in the. Uh, even in, in chapter 10, verse 8, You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you um, to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices and peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait. He says, wait for me to come and do the sacrifice till I come you, um, to you and show you what you should do. So here he is, instead of him inspiring the people and saying, hey guys, come on, don't be afraid. You can do this. The God of hosts is with us. Yeah. Can I hear now? Who? Oh, you know, you know, inspiring, you know, you know what inspires people? Faith inspires people. You know, when you see something you can't do by yourself. And you you go out on faith and you do it anyways because God is on your side and you have that in you. And you're like step of faith. And people look at you. You're crazy. And then it happens, you know, because of faith. That inspires people. And he didn't even use that to inspire the people. As a leader, we need to inspire people. We need to show the way. We need to say, hey, uh, it's hard. Yes, it is. It's kind of tight. We're going to have some turbulence, you know, coming up, but, you know, let's do this. Come on. We're together in this. Let's pray. Let's join hands. Let's do something. This inspires others that don't follow God. They look at you and say, hey, I want that. I want that. There's something in their hearts, in their eyes, sparkling. There's something there that I don't find it anywhere else. What is it? This inspiration is faith. His faith. And he didn't have faith. He saw his army just going away. See, why, why did Samuel waited? Why did Samuel did not come on, on time? See, some of them, they were running away. They were going because Samuel wasn't there yet. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't inspire the people. He didn't know what to do. Let's read <clears throat> verse 8 and 9. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. on Chapter 10, I just read it. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly splitting away. So he demanded, look at this word, so he demanded, bring me the, the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. He did it himself. He did not wait. So third failure was that he failed to wait. He didn't inspire the people. And he failed to wait. Now was Samuel deliberately trying to make Saul fail. I'm going to wait back, so he's going to, he's going to fail, man. This guy's, I'm just going to show these guys that this is not their king. Or was he just reminding the new king, Saul, who was still in control? Me. Wait for me, and I will get there, and then things will happen. Or he was trying to get you know, him to fail. Samuel had nothing against if Saul failed, you know, he, did, he didn't, he didn't, he had nothing to gain on that failure on, on the battlefield. And Samuel knew that God was in control, not him. So it wasn't pride or it wasn't anything, you know, I'm going to show you who's the boss. No, he knew God was in control. This is what he was trying to teach him, you know, chapters before. So he, it, it wasn't, he wasn't a control freak. He was just, Pointing out, telling the new king that God was in control. See, without faith and patience, we cannot receive what the Lord promises. Without faith and patience. He didn't have faith to inspire people and he didn't have patience to wait for what God had for him. See, things could have been different if he just waited for Samuel to come and do what he had to do. What God called him to do. Oh, this guy's taking forever. I'm just gonna do this offering. I, I command, I demand. Hmm. Hebrews 6:12 will say what? We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Through faith and patience, our faith and our patience. Inspire people. And, I, and when we wait, we show that, you know, who's in control. I wait upon the Lord. This was the first step in his rupture with Samuel and his rebellion against the Lord when he did not wait and sacrificed anyway. Patience is a mark of character. Patience is a mark of character, and Saul's character was weak, very weak here. See, unbelief and impatience are marks of spiritual immaturity. If you take a look at James 1, 1 through 8, we'll say, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Uh, Consider it. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produce perseverance. The perseverance finished its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you shall ask God, who gives generously to all. Without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed by the wind. That person shall not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person, a person is uh, double-minded and unstable in all they do. Did you picture yourself a little bit? If you're unstable in what you're doing, if you got this, oh, I don't know, you're just going, you know, oh, everyone's doing this and you're going that way. Oh, everyone's going here. You're just tossed around by the wave. What do you need to do? Huh? What do you need to do? Have faith. Have faith. Wait. Wait. See, until we learn to trust God and wait in His timing, we cannot learn the lessons God wants to teach us. He has many things He wants to teach us, but we have to learn to wait. Wait. Nor can, he, nor can we receive the blessings He's planned for us. And there are so many blessings. See, we want the blessings, but... We want to do it our way. God is taking too long. God is taking too long. I'm just going to take a shortcut. Just going to take a shortcut. And we still think that God's going to bless that shortcut. That God's going to pour down his blessings when I do it my way. Saul may have been handsome, strong, taller than any other man, but if he didn't have a heart... That was right with God. He didn't have anything. He didn't have anything. So he needed to wait and he failed to wait. It's one thing to be victorious when you're leading an army of you know, 300,000 men. As chapter 11 verse 8 says. But quite a, you know, another when you're leading 600, right? That's where faith kicks in. That's where you look and you say, hey, it's impossible for us to do this. But you know what? I know who I serve. I know who's in charge. I know who's in control. See, he already promised. He already said. He already showed me that he takes care of my problems. He takes care of my needs. So what do I need to do? Wait and trust. And have faith. This inspires people, right? Right? When you look up and you say, come on, guys, 600 men fighting, 300,000, you still win? Whoa. But he, you know, he didn't. The last failure that he failed to tell the truth. Chapter 10 through 15, just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offerings, Samuel arrived right there. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering for me, and you didn't arrive. When you said you would, and the Philistines are at Mekesh ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to, to march against us at Gilgar. So, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the 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 burnt offering myself because you uh, before you came how foolish Samuel exclaimed you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you had you kept it the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever but now your kingdom must end for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way. But the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to uh, Gibe in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him he found only 600 were left see when when david sinned and next Sunday we're going to start with with that or with the king david he came with he confessed he came with confessions see when saul sinned he had only excuses right he had only excuses. He lied, you know, to his best friend, and it cost him his crown. And so, he would do it again if he needed. See, if you look in, if you look more, uh, chapter fifteen, you will see that from the from that point on, his his the, his course was downhill because of the lies, because of all. Um, things he was doing. Pride was full in his heart. So what did what did Saul do? He, did he say, oh, yeah, I messed up. Sorry, forgive me. I have sinned. No, he didn't. He blamed Samuel. You were late. He blamed the soldiers. You guys were scattering. You guys were afraid. You didn't follow me. He blamed everyone. Instead of saying, hey, I have sinned. I have sinned. Well, you see this... <laughs> In the very beginning of the Bible, Adam, what did he do? He blamed Eve. Right? Oh, it was, you know, her. The woman you gave me. And Eve blamed the serpent. But neither of them said, oh, I have sinned. I have sinned. Throughout his career, King Saul was adapt to that, minimizing his own sin. Oh, no, no, no. He did it. Oh, no, he did it. It was his fault. It was the system. It was, you know, everyone else except for him. And he was getting good at that. It was foolish of Saul to think that he could disobey God and still get away with it, right? We think that we can, oh, no one's looking. I could just do this, right? There's no one looking. There's no one in the house there's no one watching me. There's no cameras around. I think I can get away with this. And we think God is not looking. God is not there. And, and that his disobedience could bring even God's blessing on himself. And we think that if we can get away with this, God will bless me. Right? When I was, when, I, when we were trying to date, you know, sometimes we do this. We come to God with the answer already. Right? We already fell in love with the person. I went there and I declared myself, hey, I love you, you love me. You know, now let's pray and ask God to bless this. You already started wrong. Okay? So if you're waiting, if you want a date, hey, take note. What do you do? You're in love with someone. Don't tell that someone that you're in love with that person. But how is she gonna know? Tell God. God, I'm in love with that person. God, my heart is all you know over, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> tell God, and what what do you do? Wait, trust, have faith, but if i don't do anything, if I don 't show myself and i don't you know tell this person I'm in the game, she's going to go somewhere else. Well, if she goes somewhere else or someone else, she 's not yours that's waiting, and that's having faith. but what do you what we do? We go there and we kind of tell the person we. We pour out our heart. We give our heart to her instead of giving it to God, and then we come to God and we say, "Hey, God, look what I found. You know, I'm all in love here. Can you bless this? This is what He was doing. Can you just bless this? Just make it right. Just uh, oh, she, oh, by the way, she's not a Christian." <laughs> But it's okay because I've seen people all around, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And then they became a pastor. They, you know, it worked out, right? Hey, God bless this. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Romans 8 or 3.8 says, But whoever has doubt is condemned if they eat because they're eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Saul had the same. For us to end this service, Saul had the same kind of superstitious, you know, faith. Remember Eli, Eli's son. He they 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 came with the um, with the ark. And they thought that if they just put the ark out there, we were gonna win this. We're gonna win this. They didn't have faith in God. They just put the ark out there. Let's just have faith in the ark, not God. It's superstitious faith. Eli did the same thing when he put the ark on the battlefield. You know, Saul's pride, impatience, disobedience, and deception we were all seen and judged by the Lord. And Samuel announced the sentence. The crown would eventually be taken from Saul and given to another. In this case, David, which we're going to see the next couple of Sundays. Saul would continue as king, you know, but he would not establish the lasting dynasty. And none of his son would be, succeed him as he ruled over Israel. Saul's sin at, that he committed cost him the dynasty. And his sin involving the Amalekites cost him the kingdom. Cost him everything. He eventually lost his crown and his life. God Wanted a king with a heart that was right towards God. A man with a shepherd's heart. And he found that kind of heart in David. And Saul, his pride, impatience, disobedience, and deception cost him everything. Now I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Maybe you see yourself in some situations just like Saul. You lack faith in some areas of your life. You're not an inspiration to anyone as a Christian. Maybe you're stealing God's glory not honoring people you should honor. Maybe you are giving credit to yourself. Or maybe you fail to wait. You're always a step ahead of everything and everyone else. And you think that's a good thing. It's good to plan. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan. You shouldn't think ahead. You shouldn't, you know... Just put a little money in the bank just in case. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying that if you put your trust on that money in the bank, that's wrong. Because the money will go away. And then what? Your guarantee will go away. And then what? Who should you trust? Your retirement projects and Should trust and wait for the Lord. Maybe you you haven't told the truth. Maybe your lies are just growing and growing. You see, Saul he used the word "I saw," right? I saw my man scattering from me. See. He was living by sight and not by faith. Sometimes you see, you see opportunities slipping away from you. And you're like, wow, well, I should just grab this. I should just start this business. I should just go for it. And then the, the enemy comes, oh, you're such a coward. You just left that go. I'm not a coward. I'm waiting upon the Lord what He has for me. I don't live by sight. I don't live by what I see. I live by faith. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. But I know some people here need to make some decisions. I made mine when I was study sometimes I rush into things I have a hard time waiting because we don't like waiting and we we want to be ahead of God we want to be ahead of God and even give him some hints hey God you know what do you think You should do this instead of us asking him, what should I do? So I want you to make your commitment this morning and put before God. What is it that you're struggling with? What area of your life you are failing? And put it back in the course of trusting God, depending on him. He won't fail. He never fails. The plans He has for you are perfect. And in the right time, all we need to do is sit back and relax and wait. Walk by faith, not by sight. So I want to pray for you. As as you make your prayer, this morning. our God, it's time for us to stop giving excuses. Oh, I messed up because, you know, the system is like that. There's nothing I can do. I I had to be corrupt. Oh, I messed up because, you know, she kind of forced me. And we blame everyone else, God, for our failures. We give so many excuses, God, why we're not in a small group, why we're not, you know, we didn't become a leader yet. We give so many excuses, why we don't, you know, uh, our finance life is a mess. We give so many excuses, God. Well, oh, I can't help the missionary because there's nothing left over. We give so many excuses, God. I could just stay here all day giving excuses, God, but It's time for us to stop. It's time for us to stop and say, I have sinned. I made this mistake. I'm in this situation, not because of him, her, or whatever. I am in this situation because I lacked faith. I'm in this situation because I stepped in it. I'm in this situation because... I didn't wait. But I don't want to, like Saul, miss out and ruin my life. I don't. So, Lord, this morning, enough with the excuses. I'm taking blame and I'm saying, I need you. Give me faith. To trust you, to wait for you, to tell the truth that I did it. And help me trust that you forgive me, that you make everything new. Our God, do what you need to do this morning, restore some people's hearts and faith and hope and show that you are in control. In the name of Jesus. Amen.